What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to the second and short podcast in our fantasy football, dynasty football rendition called The Cheap Seats, where obviously we provide you guys with fantasy and dynasty clarity from way up there in the cheap seats. I am your host, Tyler Lauder, joined with our fantasy dynasty expert, Jason. How are we doing, man? Uh, I'm not doing so good. Um, Why aren't we'll you doing so that. good? Well, no, we'll go ahead. Go ahead. Let's start. Right Let's... No, man. So you already started. You're starting early, going to rub that salt in. I'm not All doing right. so good because, uh, you know, as I've stated, there are a lot of leagues on here, and uh, I lost a few this week, and most notably, I lost to you. Yeah. And it hurt. It so hurt. for those that uh, don't know, that have listened, um, Jason and I are in a, a really traditional, standard uh, dynasty football league. Uh, single quarterback, start two running backs, two receivers, you know, a flex option, a tight end, a kicker and a defense even. And um, yeah, I scored 162 points and he scored 130. It's not his fault though. Uh, Terry McLaurin got to play the Giants. So, you know, I reap the benefits there. (laughs) Rub it in. So the the matchup is very interesting though, because uh, Jason's very heavy at quarterback and he has Kyler Murray, who is the QB one and he dropped 37 points, which had me worried because he's on fire. Then he had uh, Marquise Brown pop off as a wide receiver one, but he had two big glaring marks on his team that hurt him. Yeah. Uh, the Landry injury definitely hurt me. He put up 1.9 uh, before going exiting the game with with the injury, and I think that was uh, the pivotal point in our matchup because he was projected to get a solid amount of work with OBG, OBJ still being out. He's He was looking to get uh, you know, a lot of targets, getting with this favorable matchup, but the injury bug bit uh, very early in the game and went for 1.9. The other option I had, which I really thought I really liked this uh, addition I made. And I went out and got a, on the waiver wire and got Gerald Everett, who I thought would be a formidable tight end for, you know, Russell Wilson. And yeah, 1.3. So that's that's where the, the two things did. And of course, you know, when your kicker puts up almost 14 and I get zero, there's the three, the three glaring holes. Um, but man, McLaurin popped off for you Thursday night. And then of course you had New England's defense who made um rookie quarterback see ghosts again this year. So I was that, very fortunate. That put, the, that put me behind the eight ball. I mean, it's very fortunate because I, I have Jonathan Taylor in that league, six point three points, and I have George Kittle in that league, five point seven points. So despite them having what might be their worst fantasy performances of the year. Everybody else kind of popped off. Teddy Bridgewater was my fantasy start of the week, and he popped off. Um, I think I was very fortunate that my guys kind of scored when they needed to score, and it moved me to 2-0. and You're 1-1, one though, so it's not like you're far back off, like you're right there. But yeah. this, this defeat forced you to make a move. Let's go ahead and talk about the move you made uh, based on the impact of this, this loss you had. Man, why you got to keep out? You, you like grabbing it in. <laughs> make sure this loss. You were make wishing sure everybody... ill will on, on my entire starting lineup. So. Yes. Well, I, I did tell you that I hoped your running backs get raped by a gorilla with gonorrhea on the way to the stadium. I did say that in a text message Pretty hard. Early, <laughs> earlier, in, earlier in the day. But, yes, this 
this forced me to make a, a um, move. And we're going to talk more about, you know, the impact of this next week uh, in our first segment next week. But this made me go out and send uh, Jarvis Landry off plus a first round pick next year to get Mike Evans. I Mike Evans is a um, 1,000 yard receiver every season of his career. He is a nice red zone target. Brady's getting that familiarity with him. So I felt that adding Evans and giving up that little bit of future because as soon as I made the trade, Landry goes on IR, made me happy. Uh, so I think this actually makes me compete because this league, you're clearly, you're cut above everybody in this league. And I'm just trying to see if I can meet you in the championship round. I mean, what it does is the, the biggest thing in dynasty football, not redraft. A lot of you guys just play redraft, and that's okay. With dynasty football is you can't get stuck in that middle zone. You're in a 12-man league. If you can't be sitting between five and eight. You can't just miss out on the top talent in the rookie draft, but also miss the, the playoffs. You can't. So a move like this, you're one and one for divisional rivals. You got to get a gusto because if you didn't make this move, you just lost Landry for the next couple of weeks. I don't know if that first round pick alone gets you Mike Evans because the league is stubborn. The people to trade with are very hard to trade with. I think that the trade benefits both parties uh, because I mean, the guy you traded away from had assets to give and he didn't, he didn't own a first round pick, but for you, it makes you more competitive right out the gate, at least for three weeks, it is going to look like a fantastic move because Landry can't play for three weeks minimum. Well, yeah, and this this puts me in a, a predicament that if I had made the trade, I would either have to start Fournette as a flex or I was starting Christian Kirk um, or Emmanuel Sanders. Not really. You, you make those comparisons compared to Evans, I'm happy with the deal. 100%, and I think, I think it's a very good move for you, and I think it's going to move you in the right direction. Now, your reaction there was a reaction, something normal to do. Hey, this happened. I need to fix my team. Let's get better. But in fantasy football, let's talk about redraft right now. There's been a lot of overreactions, and that's a recurring segment here on the cheap seats every week in the middle of the meat of our sandwich. We're going to talk about overreactions at every position, and we're just going to jump on in talking about the quarterback position first because it is you know, they're the most important people in the world when it comes to the NFL. So let's go ahead and talk about them. And for me, my thing that I'm seeing, and I think people are like salivating at it and they're getting really excited and they, they're jumping to conclusions and everything. We all need to slow our roll. Justin Fields is not going to be an instant savior to your team. You waited on quarterback. Matt Ryan hasn't done it for you. Uh, Joe Burrow hasn't done it for you. Justin Fields, you might have been able to pick him up on your waivers. He's available in a lot of leagues uh, about, let's see, what is he? He's about 49% rostered. So half the leagues out there, he's available, at least on ESPN. And he's projected to get about 18 fantasy points in his first full start to take on the Cleveland Browns. We need to slow our roll a little bit to see what we have here before we jump the gun saying he's going to rescue you. Yeah, and, you know, just as this was coming out, uh, I've got a really good friend that she is a diehard Bears fan. And as soon as this uh, announcement was made, she 
she was like, you know, we, we got rid of Andy Dalton. We got rid of Andy Dalton. Justin Fields is going to come in. I was like, look, pump the brakes. If you really think, believe him, let's make a little wager. So a little wager, a uh, little monetary wager uh, on this week's game. So it's going to benefit me once that happens. But I think you need to see him in a full game atmosphere. Uh, and Cleveland is a good matchup for him uh, to get his feet wet. Um, and see what he has. We've seen him sporadically the first two weeks and, you know, gimmicky plays and everything, but that's in gimmicky plays. There's no concrete evidence that he can step in and lead a team. Do I think he has the potential? Yes. Do I think you need to taper expectations for a week or two? Most definitely. Uh, and this goes back to something we talked about in one of the other <laughs> episodes. Um, and it's going to end. Andy Dalton needs to come back so I can be right about some things because I'm, I'm on a losing streak, not only, you know, on that, but on a lot of my predictions. And I did make a bold prediction about Justin Field uh, previously. So I, we need Andy Dalton back to lead that team. And, you know, Fields needs to hold the clipboard for a little longer. So the biggest thing here is that the Cleveland Browns are obviously not world beaters when it comes to stopping the quarterbacks. Uh, they, they're giving up a good amount of yards. Completion percentage is about 70%. I'm, that's not me actually reading it. I'm looking at the completions and attempts so far and, you know, guesstimating where I'm at. Um, but they, they also went up against Patrick Mahomes in the first week, three touchdowns, 337 yards. Last week, Baker Mayfield went out and there was like this, like, He's kind of, I know he's not their leader, but he kind of is. And it kind of just like drained the team a little bit in that second quarter. Um, but they kind of bounced back and started dominating Houston last week. Here's the thing. Justin Fields could absolutely be a, a top five quarterback in the NFL and in fantasy. And he could easily do that this week as well against the Browns. My problem is just because it's a brand new shiny toy doesn't mean it's going to work the way you want it to right away. When you were a kid and you'd go buy a video game and you bring it home and you're going to create your own character, you don't actually play the game for about two hours. You kind of mess around with it and you get all yeah. the final touches on your character before you start playing the game. That's what Justin Fields is going to be like, that analogy to me, where it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. It looks great. It's brand new. Give it some time and it will pay off eventually, but right away... I would not be starting him for almost anybody in my lineup unless I was sitting out here with like Taylor Hineke, Joe Burrow, Jimmy G. Uh, may maybe I just lost Tyrod Taylor because I was streaming him because I'm a, a risk taker. Otherwise, I would rather go out and get somebody like uh, Sam Darnold who plays tonight. I'd rather go out and get Jameis Winston who I think is going to bounce back. I just think it's too risky right now. But let's and, go ahead. Well, most importantly, uh, you got to also taper expectation because you have to instill a entire new playbook to meet his strengths. Exactly. Versus Andy They're two starkly tra uh, contrast quarterbacks. So you got to taper that in because you got to change that entire offense and scheme to tailor to his needs. Yeah. And I think his ability to rush is going to be major upside for him. And I, I mean, I'm okay to be proven wrong on this, but we are jumping to conclusions a little bit. We are overreacting and we're just 
saying just take a second unless you're playing in a mega league like 16 team plus let's just slow it down uh now let's go ahead running back it's your topic but i'm going to give the headline is that uh cordero patterson is a consistent flex play that's the reaction right now that everybody's overreacting to go ahead and jump on in with this yeah and uh you know going back to our league where he's actually listed as a running back instead of a wide receiver that brought up a little bit of controversy and that's why i wanted to touch on this as well because you know you had some strong feelings about that but i seen uh, a lot of people going out and spending almost half of their fab to pick this guy up as a every week flex starter and i'm just sitting here i'm like why why are you wasting one your fab two your waiver wire position for a guy that's 30 years plus 30 years old plus who hasn't been reliable throughout his career hasn't been productive throughout his career and he's coming into an offense that is not clicking so to see people actually hyping him up and stuff i'm loving it i'm loving it in leagues because one you know that moves me up the waiver wire um so when a player becomes available that i want to jump on i have priority but most notably is to see you know to feel your your league mates out and also see the hype for somebody that's not going to be relevant in two weeks yeah and he's averaging what is it uh he's got 11 11 touches 11 touches um i think it's just yeah it's he has 21 total touches so it's 10 and a half touches a game and he's had a total of like 130 total yards between two games. It's a little too inconsistent. Um, we saw in the first week, he only produced like 9.9 points, which is still pretty good for like a, a backup running back on a team. But it shows when he doesn't get touchdowns, when he's not getting a lot of targets, that he's not a guy that you can trust to start every week. Now, let's talk about something that uh, I feel like is very important. This is redraft specifically. And the reason why people out there overreacting to this and they're saying he's got to be a flex play, he's got to be a starter, is because you guys decided to punt on the running back position, a position that is very important. And you're seeing it now. We're going into week three and we're relying on the Atlanta Falcons backup running back because he had a good game. But the game script wasn't for him. He just got a nice 10 yard a carry inside the red zone that he scored on. He just got six plus targets like that he isn't always going to get the game script isn't always going to be there for him it's not always going to work mike davis is going to finish the touchdown drive eventually and cordo patterson won't be in there for it now is he a guy you can flex absolutely but is he a guy that's going to be a consistent starter should be your rb2 on your team no that is too risky the only way i see a benefit of this picking him up off of waivers is what i told you i'm doing one of my leagues i just picked him up i'm a rebuilding team I am going to immediately offer him and a lower round pick, let's say a third round pick, and I'm just going to ask for a second round pick. Hey, let me move up about six, seven, eight spots in the draft. Have this guy that I don't even need. Take him. Yeah, and, you know, that's a good philosophy to have is, you know, to be able to flip somebody that you see that uh, league mates are coveting that you can use to your advantage. And that's where, you know, I always say, you know, your league mates know that 
because whoever has Mike Davis is going should be your priority number one to want to send that to because why? Because they're going to start panicking and they're going to want that handcuff. Um, I spoke out. I, I told everybody that I didn't think Mike Davis was the answer in Atlanta in our pregame show uh, off season. Now you're seeing it come true. Atlanta is not having the faith in him as well. So you want to reach out. If you do happen to have him, reach out to that Mike Davis owner, flip him immediately, get some quality equity back, and then you'll be happy. Don't see a downside in that. Yeah, I, I, 100%. And I, I mean, like, this is one of those weird situations where he's obviously going to get enough touches to have an opportunity to put up those points. But I mean, scoring two touchdowns, getting, you know, five plus carries and five plus receptions is not going to happen every week for a guy like Cordero Patterson. He's a fantastic athlete. He's age 30. He's transcended himself and went from a, a returner to a receiver to now he's a running back. And I like it, but let's pump the brakes. Let's slow our rolls. Now, talking about wide receivers, we're moving on. I think there's this panic, and we talked about this earlier, and I'm actually changing up everything I said I was going to talk about here because <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of it, and I'm just going to pull an audible. And I'm going to talk about wide receiver Robert Woods. And we all need to pump our brakes because he was drafted in the fourth or fifth round in most leagues. And right now he's sitting around. Let's see where is he at. He is sitting at wide receiver 43 with 24.4 points on the season, averaging about 12. And everybody's kind of panicking. And I'm seeing guys all over TikTok specifically that are like, I told you Cooper Cup was going to be great and everything. What we have to realize here is that Robert Woods is a fantastic blocker, a really fantastic blocker. And he's had an average start but that doesn't mean he's a bad player. 12 fantasy points a week is not a bad go at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic, actually. It's, it's got him in this position where he's not high up, but a lot of guys that are high up are because they boomed. They're hitting 25, 30-plus weeks. That's not sustainable. But Robert Woods being a consistent 12-plus point guy, I think is sustainable, and he should be a guy that you should trust that is going to be in your flex because the moment you decide to sit Robert Woods, is the moment he blows up. Uh, could not agree with that statement more. Um, now, I am, a, I am a fan of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is your Wes Welker 2.0. He's going to be that reception guy. And depending on your format, if it's half PPR, full PPR, you're going to get those bonus points for the multiple receptions because that's what he does. He, he's not a stretch to field player. He's a yards after catch player that, you know, that's going to pick up a block or something and get you those extra six, seven yards. Robert Woods, on the other hand, he stretches the field. He's going to be there and he's going to be consistent. Consistency is key uh, because like you said, a lot of the players right now that are on the top, top half, most notably who he was going to talk about uh, in Hollywood Brown is either one touchdown dependent or they've had one really good week coupled with an average week that has inflated their, their point total. So I would take consistency. I would take a solid consistent 12 to 15 points over a boomer bust. that's just going to get me maybe 25 points 
every four weeks. And here's the thing. Now, this is why we say pump your brakes, slow down, don't start benching him. Here's his fantasy schedule coming up. He gets Tampa Bay, Arizona, Seattle, the Giants, Detroit, Houston, Tennessee in a row. That to me is teams that are allowing a lot of passing yards, a lot of receptions to the receivers, and a lot of touchdowns actually because they're keeping people in games. I think all those teams right there are going to get exposed by multiple receivers. It's not just like Cooper Cup is going to dominate. He probably will, but Robert Woods is as well. Robert Woods had nine targets plus two carries last week. He's obviously a focal point of this offense because there's two focal points of this offense. Stafford get ball to Cup, Stafford get ball to Woods. Cup is is catching the ball more, and he's still delivering. But we're not going to shy away from Robert Woods. And I believe that he is going to slowly climb this ladder, and every week you're going to see him moving up on total points, and every week you're going to see him getting closer to the top 10 to 20 spot, which is where he lives. That's his home. So let's not panic too much, not overreact. Let's not start benching him because, you know, we saw, I don't even, I don't even know who, what his name is. Um, We saw uh, Braxton Barros have, uh, you know, a 20 point week and he had a 10 point week before we saw uh, Quintez Cephas uh, have a 16 point week. Relax, chill out. And most notably, if you do hear people talking Robert Woods down, pounce, get him on the cheap. Get him on the cheap. That's what we're saying. If if you have him, covet him. Make sure that you got him in your lineup. He's going to be consistent. If you hear a league make like, you know, downplaying him and saying, well, you know, I don't think I start start that conversation. Be like, well, you know, and use it to your advantage. Be like, well, you know, he you said he's not doing so much in your lineup. You know, I, I would give you a little bit for him. What what would it take? You know, take him off your hands. Get that conversation rolling. See how cheap you can get him because people overreact two weeks. It's two weeks out of a out of 17 games they that's panic. played. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a longer it's a long season. Don't mm-hmm. take the first two weeks and stake your claim and blow up a team and blow up good players. Maybe you listen to this right now and you are good at running back. You successfully went running back heavy and then, you know, a late round filler or maybe picked him up right away before the season started. You got Tyson Williams and the guy has Robert Woods and he's pretty good at receiver. Go send him Tyson Williams for Robert Woods. He's getting an upgrade at running back that he desperately needs. You're getting a receiver that he doesn't think he needs and you'll benefit from in the long run. Uh, if, if, if you decided to go quarterback or tight end early and you're, you're, dead in the water at wide receiver. Robert Woods is a perfect trade target in redraft leagues right now. Now let's go ahead and move on to the last one. Tight end. Gronkowski is now the tight end too. He's also a league leader in tight end uh, touchdowns right now in the season. But you do not believe that Gronkowski will sustain his top three tight end play. I do not. I think that this is just a, a, formality and familiarity that Brady has. Uh, don't get me wrong. Gronk is a, a beast. Uh, but the first two weeks uh, are in a vacuum. You, you coming off OTAs, training camp and everything. The one player that Brady has the most familiarity with 
Gronkowski. He knows his quips. He knows his route running. He knows where he likes the ball and everything. He's going to target him more often until he gets in his groove. Then you're going to see Gronkowski taper off, which is fine. You're going to see the emergence of a Mike Evans even more. Godwin, AB, you're going to see those elevate. And you're going to see Gronk be that safety valve underneath. And teams are going to start, you know, watching film. And they're going to start keying on Gronkowski, which is what you want to do when you have receivers like Tampa Bay does and has the plethora of talent or that Brady can throw to. So this is, one, it's strategically genius by Tampa Bay. Two, it's, you know, Brady's security blanket that, you know, let him get his, his legs under, getting back in season form. You know, he's got the most familiar guy on the field throwing to, playing catch with. And three, you know, right now is best time to sell Gronk. Sell him high, get what you can get out of him, because these numbers are in a vacuum and they're going to start tapering off. And now before I go devil's advocate and argue against you, looking at his schedule, he plays the Rams, uh, the Patriots, and the Dolphins in his next three games. Of those three teams over the past two weeks, so six different examples we have, um, there's been no tight end that's gotten more than 82 receiving yards in a game, and there's only been one total touchdown um, against all six of those scenarios from the tight end position. New England's locked down City on tight end. They've allowed a total of 27 yards. That's it. Uh, the Rams allowed 82 yards last week to Jack Doyle. Uh, they allowed 53 yards to the Bears, but no red zone work for them uh, in Miami. They allowed a touchdown last week to Knox, but only 17 yards. So he could start falling off. This might be a great time to trade him away just because the reaction is, man, they're in sync. And if they're in sync, they're going to score so many more touchdowns. And what do they just drop? I mean, what, Gronk and Brady have hit over a hundred touchdowns against each other. He's thrown to him so much. It's going to continue. Everybody thinks so potentially. Yeah, it's going to now devil's advocate time, because I do think potentially that Gronk might sustain and he might be able to be a top five, 10 tight end, by the, but top five by the end of the year, guaranteed, I think top 10, but he might be able to sustain it because Tom Brady likes him. It's his guy. He's throwing more touchdowns <laughs> to him than anybody else. Like that's, you have to say that too, but I see your point. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't dismiss the familiarity, but you also, it's a double-edged sword. Um, yes, it's a security blanket for him. He's familiar with him. He knows all his, uh, his whims and everything. But also, you got to look at the talent around him. I mean, you know, can you, can you justify freezing out somebody like Godwin, Evans, AB, who has a resurgence in his career once he returns from, you know, the COVID I IR. Um, but can, can you justify making him an every week contributor over those three? That's something you need to ask yourself. So if you have him, you know, go out. Somebody might not be happy with Kittle right now. Somebody might not be happy with Mark Andrews. You know, right now, if you're in a dynasty format, 
you know, everybody's talking about the resurgence of Gronk. Go out and get a young tight end. Go out and get you a uh, Hawkinson and see what you can do. See what you can package together and let people know that you're trying, you you know, you're trying to better your team and he's available. And I'm guaranteeing you'll get the offer swirling in. More so in a dynasty league format before we go on. If you're rebuilding, get rid of him now. Peak value. Get whatever you can get for him. Highest pick. He all he's doing is helping you lose out on that number one draft pick. Rebuild the right way. Get rid of old guys that are only helping you win when you don't want to win. Now, let's go ahead. Final segment. Before we close out, we got a couple minutes left. Lock of the week. Go ahead and give us your fantasy football lock for week three. What is going to happen? Write it down. Uh, actually, I forgot mine, but I- I'm going to go ahead and state that. No, I remember now. Uh, it's going to be Mike Williams, who we are the conductors of the Mike Williams hype train here on the uh, Cheap Seats podcast. Absolutely. Uh, we-, we are truthers. I think he's going to continue his slowest sin this week, breaking that century mark and at keeping his touchdown. Uh, game intact so i'm thinking he's going to be you know the leading receiver yards and touches in a very nice matchup with the chargers and chiefs and i i think you can bank on him being a wide receiver one for your fantasy team yeah right now he's averaging seven and a half receptions uh he's averaging about 85 88, like 85 and a half or no, sorry, 86 and a half um, receiving yards a game. He's averaging a touchdown a game. He's averaging 11 targets a game. Like that right there is just like, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Just give it to me. Fantastic rise. Obviously Herbert loves this guy. We're going to see Keenan Allen involved a little bit more, obviously. And that's not really going to hurt Mike Williams. I think it's going to help him more than anything because he won't, he's not, he's going to get solo coverages and, and Keenan Allen is the biggest threat there as well. And Eckler's also seeing some more targets. So, yeah, write it down, lock it up. I see it because, like you said, we're the conductors on this hype train. For me, lock of the week. Kyler Murray will finish as the QB1 for the third week in a row against this poor Jacksonville Jaguars team, franchise, defense, whatever you want to label it as. But three weeks in a row, he will have the number one status at quarterback. For you on the league we're in together, that's great news for you. If you own Kyler Murray, that's great news for you as well, because I'm saying he's going to top himself and he's going to hit 35 plus fantasy points again. I'd like that. Yeah. I own him in two leagues. Uh, most notably, like you said, our league, I've got a decent matchup this week. So, you know, adding, adding 35 plus again, uh, would be nice. And, you know, with you saying that that's kind of spicy because it's very hard for a, position you to hold a number one rank in a position three weeks continuously yeah it is it's not something that we see somebody do and we see people that are like oh they're still the number one at their position because they had a great week but we don't see people literally finish as the number one three weeks in a row and here's the thing he's done that on the backing of having um you know seven passing touchdowns so far he's got two rush touchdowns so he's nine total touchdowns in the season He's over 700 total yards on the season. But here's the thing. He's still doing all that. He's turned the ball over three times as well. 
So that's minus six points. He's still topping 33 points is his, is his benchmark so far against the Tennessee Titans team that I believe is a better defensive team than Jacksonville. I don't see why he won't come out and have another 50 plus yard touchdown um, and then three straight drives of touchdowns to start the game. And even if they coast in the second half, he's going to have 30 fantasy points before the fourth quarter hits. Yeah. And, you know, with the uh, emergence of uh, more that, you know, we talked about off air, that gives him a, yet another weapon to an already dangerous more <laughs> dynamic. attack. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, he's searching to find people to uh, make plays. They're emerging. They're stepping up. Um, and, you know, Tennessee just gave up a lot of, you know, uh, passing yards and touchdowns to a Seattle team that they took to overtime. So this is a favorable matchup. So I, I really like that. I, I like that a lot, really, a lot, actually. Well, Arizona's, you talked about Tennessee. They Arizona beat Tennessee and they dropped it on them. They're playing Jacksonville. But either way, Jacksonville, Tennessee, the Colts, Texans, AFC South gives yeah. up a lot of receive, a lot of passing yards and a lot of touchdowns. That's what they do. And that's going to do it for us here on Second and Short and the Cheap Seats Fantasy Dynasty podcast. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on TikTok, daily content on TikTok. Just dropped our starts of the week. Sits of the week are also coming same day as this podcast dropping. Jason reviewed the Thursday night football game, and I'm going to give you guys a review of what happened on Friday. Every day we got content for you guys. Go ahead and hit subscribe down below on YouTube to stay updated on everything we got going on here, and leave us a like. And everywhere you see us, Twitter, jump in Jason's DMs, send him a message. TikTok, get in the comments. Ask us start sits. Down here in the comments of YouTube, ask us questions on topics. We're going to answer you guys no matter what. And if you do want to get a hold of Jason on Twitter, you'll hit him up at... At TZLEY822. Slide into those DMs. Uh, post your trade questions. Sit, start questions. I mean, if it's something that we'd like to debate, we may even, you know, drop a TikTok on it and tag you in it. But you know what we take and get our community out there involved as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening and good luck in your week three matchups. And when you come back next week, we're going to talk about is it time to hit that reset button and start a rebuild or should we just keep pushing on? Take care. Yeah.